podcast. Enjoy the show. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hello, and welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans by average movie fans. The bar is now open, and welcome to episode number 50. Oh, snap. 50, 50, 50. I'm your host, Justin. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. Ooh, big five oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know if we'd make it this far, but I mean we were gonna go this far regardless, so <laughs> little do we know he hasn't actually been releasing the past few, we're just doing this for the shits and giggles of it. <laughs> No, I've been releasing them. <laughs> Real steady with that four plays a week. Nice. So whoever you four people are, which I'm sure, I'm hoping it's not us three and somebody else, but. <laughs> uh, but anyway. <laughs> but we have fun doing it, so what the fuck. Uh, well, let's see if Kyle has seen anything this week. I'm feeling <laughs> good about this week. I really am. No, I've broken the Blues Brothers curse. I don't know. Yeah, because we kind of forced your hand. I don't know if we've asked the movie that I'm going to ask. So Go ahead, Justin. Kick it's us perfectly off. perfectly possible, but I, I thought about watching it this week. I just haven't yet. Okay. The, the cult classic and a personal childhood favorite, although it definitely probably couldn't get made again and probably shouldn't be watched by children. Drop Dead Fred. I don't think he's seen it. That's a great movie, but he should have. I have not. That's a good movie. You need to see that. Drop Dead Fred. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About a girl and her imaginary friend. Drop Dead Fred. It's well, fucking insane. <laughs> but once again, Kyle has let us down. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I had a movie, but I forgot what it was. I'm not surprised. Okay. Has Kyle seen Ruthless People from 1986, Justin? No. Yeah, I don't think he has either. I have. What's that? I haven't heard of that one. Ruthless People, Danny DeVito. Um... Closed it. <laughs> it's got uh, Danny DeVito, Bette Midler, Judge Reinhold, David Zucker, Bill Pullman. This guy's wife gets kidnapped, and he is very happy about it. This is a movie that, I, like, every time Justin would remember this place, PM Productions in the mm-hmm. Dedham Plaza and then moved it over by Dedham Square, but I would see this bot, this VHS box, and two of the people would have duck duck masks on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and it took me fucking decades to find out what fucking movie it was. And finally I figured it out that it was Ruthless People. I watched it a few months ago. 
So. So yeah. Yeah, I'm already talking about the duck mask, but. Yeah. So. I remember that video cover. <laughs> do we never PM Productions in Video Paradise? Of course I do. I rented many a game and movie and. Oh. Yes. For those days back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my kid, I have a mini fucking movie store downstairs. Yep. All right. Well, uh. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, what has there, uh, Johnny Boy seen this week? All right. Well, even though I was out sick and in bed for the majority of the, the last week, I didn't watch too many movies. But I did watch Trapped with Kevin Bacon. That's a really good movie. Um. I watched The Longest Yard, which led me to Grown Ups, which led me to Mr. Deeds. I then watched The Boston Strangler, um, the new one that's on Hulu that somebody worked on. Thanks for uh, your support. Yeah, I want my six ninety nine back. <laughs> uh, I finally watched Spiral, The Book of Saw. Which was fucking awesome. I watched Playing With Fire. I I checked out Vacation Friends, which was fucking hilarious. Then I watched the Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers 2000. One of my favorites, Barry and the X. And now I'm currently in the middle of Texas Chainsaw 3D. Fun, 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 fun. Cal with Cal Um, I watched the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, but I'm a cheerleader. Resident Evil Degeneration, The Blues Brothers, Jared from Subway, and Waco American Apocalypse. Interesting, interesting little mix yeah. there. Yeah, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I myself, uh, I watched uh, East Virginia. <coughs> Both Pet to Pet Detective and When Nature Calls. Oh, righty then. Uh, they're on. You have to. Um, I've watched uh, on Hulu, uh, you'll hear more about it shortly, uh, Slayers, which was a pretty good movie. Uh, I did watch The Blues Brothers. Uh, and I started watching The History of the World uh, Part 2. I got through the first episode and the second episode, so it's all right. It's not... Great, but is it living up to the hype? I mean, there's there's funny parts and there's parts that they're trying too hard. So yeah, it's like all my my big thing is I hate Nick Kroll. I I don't like him. I don't think he's very funny, and I quite frankly think all his characters sound exactly the same. Uh, so but other than that, so far I mean it's not it's not bad. That's good. So uh, we'll go right into our picks of the week. And you know what? I'll just start it off. Um, so I watched, I picked Slayers. Uh, vampire Slayer Elliot Jones made it his life's mission to take revenge on the bloodsuckers who killed his teenage daughter. After years of tracking them, he's finally reached their secret and hidden base. However, to get to them, he'll need help from a motley crew of social media superstars 
who've been invited to party at a compound that's also a lair for ancient vampires. Initially released October 21st, 2022, was directed by K. Ash 11. This is on Hulu. I just happened to cross the, you know, the picture and all that. And I was like, hmm, Thomas Jane. That looks all right. Um, cause it's got him and it's got, uh, it's actually got Abigail Breslin in it. And I can't remember the name of the other blonde lady there, but, uh, it wound up being pretty good. Um, I kind of think it's kind of like Hulu's response to Day Shift. Um, it's kind of got similar vibes there, but, um, pretty good. Some decent kills and, you know, there's some cheapiness to it, but it's pretty good. It's worth a watch. Uh, let's go with, uh, John, 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 John boy. All right. So my pick this week is Texas Chainsaw 3D. Decades ago, residents of Newt, Texas, long suspected that the Sawyer family was responsible for the disappearance of many people. When their suspicions finally were confirmed, vigilantes torched the Sawyer compound and killed every member of the family, or so they thought. Much later, a young woman named Heather, played by the amazing Alexandria Daddario, learns that she has inherited the Texas property from an unknown relative, and she is unaware of the horrors that await in the mansion's dark cellar. Released on May 14, 2013, directed by John Lucenhop. I believe we saw this in theaters, didn't we, Justin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, pretty sure. I will say, though, like, Bill Mosley had the best ending to this movie, and he said it on the Movie Crip podcast on his episode. That she should have went downstairs at the end, spoiler alert, and knocked on the Leatherface's door wearing like lingerie and been like, it's only me and you, cousin, and then it fades to black. That would so set up like another one, but whatever. Um, (laughs) My pick was the new Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out last week. Um, a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a long-lost relic, but their charming adventure goes dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. Um, and it's directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. John Francis Daly is great. He did uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and uh, Game Night, and he's one of the kids from Freaks and Geeks, so he's known for playing D&D on TV. Um, but it was just a lot of fun, and... Uh, a lot of good effects and good cast and I really, 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 really liked it. Um and I hope it makes a lot of money and there's a bunch of sequels. It's just great. But yeah. Good good. Good good. Mr. Man's going out and seeing all the new movies as soon as they come out. Must be nice. <laughs> Alright, and now to the main topic of the evening. The Blues Brothers. What better way to celebrate? 50 episodes by getting this monkey off of Kyle's back. Uh, originally released June 20th, 1980, so predating all of us. Uh, directed by John Landis. Screenplay by Dan Aykroyd, John Landis. Music composed by Elmer Bernstein and Ira Newborn. The budget of $30 million. Uh, And I guess it made $27.5 million. The rated R. Currently streaming on Fubo with subscription 
And, I mean, there's just a ton of cameos. I'll go through some of them right now. Um, of course, well, there's John Belushi as Juliet Jake. Dan Aykroyd as Elwood. John Candy as Burton Mercer. Um, Frank Oz as the corrections officer. James Brown plays the Reverend. Shaka Khan is in it. Um, John Landis, who also directed it, plays Trooper LaFong. Um, I believe, uh, obviously, Carrie Fisher plays uh, Juliet's uh, ex-girlfriend. Um, there's also... Uh, there's so many names. Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a ton of people in this. I mean, there's, it's, it's quite, you go through the IMDb cast list and I mean, there are plenty of, you know, you know, lesser known one and dones in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's on like the actual credited list. And, but I mean, you even got, you know, you got Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman was here mm-hmm. as a waiter. Oh, um, yeah. Credited. Um, but you, then you get down into the uncredited and just the, the number of people who went on to make a name for themselves that were just, you know, happened to be in the background or, you know, something like that. I mean, Mr. T was in there. Joe Walsh was in there. Uh, Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Um, just, just how far reaching this is. I mean, I, even at one point I noticed that, uh, uh, towards the end, the, uh, police dispatch guy is the same guy who does the, uh, angels with filthy souls from home alone. So, <laughs> I mean, there's just, it, it connects with everything. Yeah. But <clears throat> so this, this movie starts off. You're, you're in the prison. You've got, the guards there with the prisoner. You got the guard handing out all the guys, you know, uh, confiscated stuff going over it, you know, piece by piece. Um, it's cool because you, you know, you never see, you don't see him. You don't see the prisoner until he has all this stuff. He's got his hat and sunglasses on and all that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that is Jake and outside the prison you got Illwood showing up in the, uh, <laughs> in in the cop car there. Um and uh that kicks off with, with a nice little hug there. They see each other, they mm-hmm. come up and then they get in the car. And I mean it, it pretty much this 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 whole opening scene pretty much sets the tone for the movie. Yeah. Um because you got Jake just just giving it to me you know, where's the caddy? <laughs> and I was like, What what? You know, where's the caddy? You know, he's asking about the car that they had, and Elwood's, you know, explaining, hey, man, you've been in prison. I've been trying to, you know, I had to do what I could do. I sold the car for a microphone. He's like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, but, you know, he's still complaining about it, so they come up to the drawbridge, and <laughs> Elwood guns it and takes it up over the bridge and all that. And, you know, Jake's like, all right, yeah, fix, fix the lighter. I mean, it sets the stage. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's great little back and forth between them um that kind of shows their relationship mm-hmm. um but you know and it gets a little bit crazy there with the, the car jump yeah that it wasn't definitely didn't start how i was expecting it to but i loved the intro like i was in immediately <laughs> and especially because i like how like they they the characters take themselves really seriously even if they're doing something ridiculous like jumping over a bridge with the, yeah it's like it's 
it's just like it's you know for us this is crazy but for them it's yeah interesting. yeah which i loved um and i i think i'd seen i because all i remembered was scenes i had seen from it involved a car and there's a lot of that but this was definitely one of them yeah yeah i mean this was great yeah uh so they jump the car they, they get there and uh they pull up outside um what is you know signed as an orphanage and uh you know, Jake's kind of like, what, what, what the hell are we doing here? And Hell was like, well, you said you'd see the penguin when you got out of prison. And he's like, ah, I'm not, I lied to her, whatever. And, you know, the next scene is Elwood pulling Jake <laughs> inside to knock on the door. I mean, this scene, like, I, 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 I was not raised Catholic or anything like that, but, you know, this was how I pictured all nuns from henceforth. <laughs> But I mean, when, when they get to the top of the stairs and the door just opens on its own, and they go in, it closes. I mean, it, this was, I mean, it made, it made you feel the gravity of the situation. Um, but I, I, of course, thought it was just hilarious when they sit down in the desk in the back and she's like, no, no, I want to see you come up front. And instead of getting out and walking, they just <laughs> dragging their feet and squirming and all that. I mean, that, that was, that was great. Um, but she lays it on them that, you know, the, uh, the, they've uh, imposed a tax on them and they need to pay $5,000 or they're going to lose the orphanage, which is where they were raised. And, um, you know, they, they, Jake immediately offers <laughs> and she slaps them because she doesn't want their dirty money, you know, and all that stuff. And then they start swearing and that, that was hilarious. Her just going back and forth with the ruler there and just slapping them and smacking them and mm-hmm. knocking them down the stairs. I mean, that, that truly, Funny stuff, funny stuff. Um, but after they get out, um, they run into, um, what's his name again? Damned if I remember. Uh, Curtis, who was basically like their father, takes him down and suggests that they go and listen to the sermon at the Triple Rock Baptist Church, which I'll let Kyle describe this this fun <laughs> scene i mean this this is great yeah so the reverend is played by james brown so that's how you know you know it's already up to a great start and Lovely. you know it Cleopas. <laughs> and they uh this is like the first kind of musical part of the movie and you know the whole church is going crazy and jake and uh, elwood are just standing in the back for a while before they even start getting into it. And this leads to Jake having epiphany that they can reform their band, the the Blues Brothers, to uh, get the money. And uh, the band disbanded while Jake was in prison, but uh, that's why they need to reform it. Um, But that night, state troopers attempt to arrest Elwood for driving with a suspended license due to 116 parking tickets and 56 (laughs) moving violations. And after a high-speed chase through the Dixie Square Mall, the the brothers escape, but there are a lot of uh, cop cars that do not escape. I mean, Um, I I gotta, I gotta, this is the first time you've seen this movie. This is one of only because there's one later, just the greatest car chases yeah. ever put to film. Yeah. And, I mean, you you aren't going to get nostalgic for them all, but, I mean, that Toys R Us. Yep. 
mm-hmm. would just destroy all those shelves having worked in terms of like motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if you can remember Pure One Imports. I do. I, I caught that one because I was like, oh, I remember that store. That doesn't. But I mean, anymore. what did you think of this just masterpiece of just driving through the mall and and the social and the commentary? <laughs> it was great. It just the and I loved how all the cop cars are getting destroyed and they're just like the worst drivers and yeah. the and Blood like Brothers are just in. perfect. Yeah, like they're well, not the even. New Olds are in. Yeah. <laughs> the New Olds are in early this year. And I, yeah. I think. I forgot to mention too, um, that, so the next morning, um, at the flop house where they live, a mysterious woman detonates a bomb that demolishes the building, but leaves Jake and Elwood unharmed and saves them from being arrested as the cops are kind of coming in. But there's also a scene earlier where Carrie Fisher drives up and is just staring at them smoking and then just pulls out a rocket launcher and shoots it at it. <laughs> Which yeah. that that was the moment when I was like, oh the, yeah, this is the, the Carrie Fisher thing, you know, throughout throughout this movie is just awesome. That whole little yeah. second subplot, they don't mention anything about it. She just yeah. shows up, takes a couple pot shots, and just goes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it, the whole time you're just like, it escalates from a rocket launcher, not like yeah, that's not where it's, it doesn't start at a gun. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. ramps up. And then it drops off mm-hmm. again. But, I mean, it, it, and they're just like, yeah, it's nothing. They just shake it off. And, no idea who she is either the whole time until the end. Yeah, they, don't, they don't tell you anything. Yeah. <laughs> and they're none the wiser to it. They're just, it's just like, it's Tuesday again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just it, it's just insane. And then they have the whole building blow up and it just saves them from being arrested. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah, and they miraculously was, walk out unharmed. Like, <laughs> everybody else is hurt and the building's collapsed, but. I love how, how they show the detonation is happening right as the cops are coming through the door and the two fall <laughs> through first. <laughs> I, I love too how, uh, how Wood goes to work, like right after the bomb explodes. He's like, oh, gotta go to work. Yeah, and they then, kept that scene out. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I watched the uncut version, so maybe that's why. Uh, but I thought yeah. that scene was funny because he goes to work and he does like two things and he just he just walks out like he just leaves. Yeah, I've never seen that part. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen the uncut part. I've only seen the theatrical. I didn't even know there was an uncut. I, if it's on the I knew that I knew that scene because I went through the trivia facts and IMDb, so I knew that scene existed. I just didn't yeah. know. No, I. I it was really funny. I, I would be curious to see what the. I think there's only like five minutes added on, but. Yeah, probably. So you you found it interesting, Justin, that they gave the whole cast and crew cocaine to keep them awake during the night shoots? I mean, this was the 70s, so and it was a Belushi film. Uh, So, yeah, no, not surprised at all. (laughs) And he was most fondest of it, too. Surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah. He had a reputation. (laughs) So... Well, as the boys continue their journey, they begin tracking down the members of the band. Five of them are performing as Murph and the Magic Tones at a deserted Holiday Inn lounge and quickly agree to rejoin the band. You don't see many lounges in hotels anymore with singers and shit. Nope. Especially not ones with pink shag amplifiers. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, their next member actually turns them down as he's a major d at a very expensive hotel. I love this scene. This scene is the best. <laughs> but the brothers refuse to leave the restaurant until he relents. We hate the children. <laughs> the women. How much for the women? Excuse me, sir. Could you please move our table? These gentlemen are bothering us. The little girls. How much for the little girl? <laughs> yeah, that, that like fucking chaos ensues everywhere they go. <laughs> oh man, I used to do that all the time. I, I'd quote that all the time as a kid, I'm going to a restaurant with my family. Like, I'm much for the women. <laughs> I always got a kick out of my dad. Ah. <laughs> uh. But then they're on their way to meet the final two members. And they find the road blocked through Jackson Park by an American Nazi Party demonstration. And so... Couldn't really Elwood, do that nowadays. Yeah. Elwood just runs them off the bridge into the lagoon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I think that uh, you could get enough uh, public... Uh, you know, the public behind you enough that if you ran a bunch of Nazis off a bridge, you'd be fine. Nazis are pretty much, like, right now, the only thing that it's okay to just walk up and punch in the face. Right now, it'd probably be, like, Donald Trump's fucking uh, Proud Boys or whatever the hell they were called. You know. Uh, but the last two band members, uh, who are now uh, run a soul food restaurant, uh, rejoin the band against the advice of the one and only Aretha Franklin. Um, which, I mean, this this scene was pretty good. Uh, this, this, that's the thing about this movie, too, is I hate musicals. Not a fan of musicals. Don't think they work very well. Mm-hmm. But this is probably, like, the only, like, real, true musical-type movie that I hey, agree with. Top ten. I fuck Grease in my top ten. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I'm not usually that in the musicals but and i i didn't even know this was a musical before i think i assumed it was like i knew obviously music would be involved or have a good soundtrack but i wasn't expecting like the musical numbers kind of and even like the cameos but i I liked it um but after that there's another cameo of ray charles who also performs a song and he's running ray's music exchange and you know they go there to get some instruments and stuff and as usual ray takes an iou from the brothers no Um, hold on before we move on from that, can we talk about this scene about when the kid's trying to steal the guitar and Ray catches him? Oh, yeah. Now, you know Ray Charles is blind, right, Kyle? Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe that's the whole joke on the entire scene, Guy. Just making sure that he was tracking with that. But he's a hell of a fucking yes, shot, I know though. who Ray Charles is. <laughs> Yes, that's the scene that, you know, they got Mr. T's out there in the crowd. You got Uncle Phil out there in the crowd. I mean, that it's just crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. These these people who grew up to be the talent. I didn't realize this was also made in 1980. Like, I in my head, it was like, oh, you know, late 80s, 90s movie. But I didn't realize oh, no. it was that early. Yeah. And I didn't even realize oh, he had died that early either. But, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, then you get Jake in the phone booth there, attempting uh, to book a gig. Yeah, and uh, the mystery woman again blows up the phone booth he's using, and somehow he's unhurt. And we still don't know who this woman is. <laughs> it's still great. <laughs> well. 
Jake has promised the band a gig, and the band stumbles onto a gig at Bob's Country Bunker, <laughs> a honky-tonk in Kokomo, Indiana. They win over the rowdy crowd, but run up a high bar tab, higher than their pay, and infuriate the good old boys, the country band that was booked for the gig. Now, they stop playing their blues music, doesn't go well, so what are you going to do? Well, sing the theme from Rawhide. I I love this scene though. I mean, I love the way they play it, and and this is just you get the country guys out there, and then they start playing, you know, "Stand by Your Man." They're all crying out there, still throwing beer bottles at them and shit. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Where are the good old boys? And uh, I mean, they were late, but fuck, the bar was closed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fill out a check. I'm just gonna sit in my car and sign it on my dashboard. That's just how I do it. You just stand right there. Then he tells the good old boys, "Ah, oh, from the union. Where are your union cards?" <laughs> Got to be quick on your feet. Be quick on your feet. All right, but realizing that they need one big show to raise the necessary money. They managed to persuade their old agent to book them the Palace Hotel Ballroom north of Chicago. Um, and this is the scene where they, they get the giant loudspeaker there and they wrap it up on top and they go around hyping it up and alerting everybody, the police, the Nazis, and everybody to their whereabouts. But they do manage to pack the ballroom. Um, plenty of people there along with the good old boys and the police and John Candy's character there. Um, so they go all get up, they play a couple songs. These, these, these were a couple good numbers. I think Minnie the Mooch was a good, good song there for, mm-hmm. you know, to, to hold them off. Um, but, uh, then they, uh, after playing, they get offered a $10,000 cash advance on a recording contract. Obviously they're going to take it. They take the $5,000 and they, Head off down through a secret tunnel underneath the drummer while the band continues to play and, you know, the cops are none the wiser just sitting there jamming out, rocking away for minutes and minutes, not realizing until they hear bullets and gunshots. So in the tunnel, in the service tunnel, they're confronted once again by the mystery woman, who we find out is Jake's vengeful, vengeful ex-fiance, who he left at the altar. Um, after a volley of M16 rifle bullets leaves them once again miraculously unharmed, Jake offers a series of ridiculous <laughs> excuses that she declines, like, is he ran out of gas, there's traffic, he can't get a cab, his car was stolen. Help, but I can just picture this being John. <laughs> I ran out of gas. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not a woman trying to kill me on a daily basis. <laughs> um, She's just not as obvious. She hasn't gotten to the rocket launcher stage yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's getting close, though. <laughs> um, eventually, she looks into his eyes and she, you know, sees the man she loved and takes interest again. But this allows the brothers to escape to the blue field. He kisses her and drops her before she even hits the ground. Let's go. (laughs) So good. So good. Oh, man. 
Now you've got Jake and Elwood racing back the towards Chicago. Chicago. With dozens of police, state police, local police, and, of course, the good old boys. I believe the Nazis were in there, too, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Everybody was out there chasing Everybody's them. looking for the fucking Blues Brothers. Uh-huh. Yep. But you have a Home Alone link, just. I already mentioned it earlier. Okay. Right? You were in the bathroom. I'm sorry. You didn't have to say that, but. <laughs> They eventually elude from the series of an, with a series of improbable maneuvers, including a miraculous gravity defying escape from the neo Nazis at the Richard J. Daly Center. They rush inside the adjacent Chicago City Hall building, soon followed by hundreds of police, state troopers, and other public service formations. Uh, they managed to find the Cook County Assessor <laughs> and they paid a tax bill. Just as the handcuffs get slapped on their wrists. Uh, and after paying it, they've saved the orphanage, but they still have to pay their debt to society for just about leading to the destruction of a couple hundred police cars and a mall and practically everything they went there. <laughs> but I mean, that that last car chase where there's just pile up after pile <laughs> up after pile up. I mean, what did you think of that? Yeah, I I Watching like how they for the first time. they just totally outdid the first car chase. Like you think, oh yeah, they, there's their one car chase, and this one's like triple the length, triple the cars destroyed. And they do, my favorite part was when they do, like, the backflip in the car. That makes no sense. <laughs> and they land the other way. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it, 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 it is obviously just to, you know, make an extremely ridiculous and over-the-top car chase. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it was so good. Yeah. They just destroyed so many cars. And it's such a fun way. Mm-hmm. Um. But, so, uh, what'd you think about the length of this? I mean, this is a long one. It's two hours and 13 minutes. It flew by, though. It does. It, it's so entertaining. I mean, the music kind of keeps you going. You know, they, yeah. Because it just fits along with it the whole way through. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, a lot going on. Like, you'll go from a musical number to a car chase. So, you're, you know, it's not the yeah. same thing over and over. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, and, and if you're not you know, enthralled in whatever's going on, you're probably still thinking, what the fuck is that woman trying to kill him for? Yeah. You know, through most of the movie. So. <laughs> and it's it's so fast paced, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's ba-boom, you know, ban, 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 you know. Thing after thing after thing, joke after joke after joke, and they're so, so fluid, and it's just, it just flows so well. So, obviously, this did get a sequel at some point that was, I'm sorry, Less than desirable. I don't um, think it was that bad. I don't know. I've only I only saw it like once or twice a long time ago. So give it uh, another rewatch, though. I, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> I, I like leaving this in its hollowed ground. Yeah. I mean, obviously, nothing's going to touch the original, but you know, they make the best of a shitty situation with. Uh, Belushi passing away, you know John Goodman. Kind of, there's a there's a few funny moments in in this one, you know, like 
John Goodman opens the trunk and the little kid's got the fucking bed in there, the alarm clock, the TV, like a fucking bedroom. You know? I, I'd give it another watch, Justin. Kyle, you might want to... I'd give it a watch. Maybe. We'll if I'm bored enough. See what happens tonight. <laughs> um, so... I'm going to ask you guys this question. We know my answer on this. It's a thousand percent yes. To everybody, considering I drilled it into Kyle's head every opportunity I got. Do you recommend this movie? <clears throat> Kyle, go first. Yes, I do. You're yeah. kicking yourself because you didn't I watch am. it earlier. I, I know you are. No, I am. I definitely am. I was like, it, it's so good. It's really just so good. Because now like you have to go so back and rewatch it and see all the things that you missed. Because mm-hmm. you definitely missed things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I now. definitely recommend this movie. <clears throat> I mean, th- this movie goes as one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to watch this with my dad. It's just, if it's on, it's, 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 if it's on, it's on. I can't help it. This, the Goodfellas, they're just movies that if they're on, I'm probably gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we get IMDb coming in at 7.9, Rotten Tomatoes 72%, Letterbox 3.9. Which are your ratings on this classic, classic SNL comedy, the first of many? I give it a four and a half mugs. I would give it a five. Ooh, Kyle coming in big. Got the five. That's two fives. Look out. Two fives and a four point whatever John said, because I don't remember already. Four point five. <laughs> but, you know, that, so if you could pick two people to play the Blues Brothers today, do you think there's, there's anybody no. that could fill the shoes of there's nobody. Belushi no. and Pat? No. No. Is this, it's just, it's, it was, such a thing that needed its time. I mean, maybe if like that, you know, there's a big blues movement again and you get, you know, you can see more people who actually, you know, have that kind of talent. Cause they did, they had that talent. They played those instruments, you know, yeah. like Dan Aykroyd still plays to this day. Um, you know, the harmonica and all that stuff. He's in bands and all that stuff. And, they they released music, so I mean I I I just I don't know I I don't know that there's yeah. anybody right now that I would want to see try and take this on. Yeah, I can't even imagine like because I feel like anybody I you could think of would just feel like corny trying to like replace Ackroyd or Belushi. Like you'd be like uh, I don't know. And I mean John Goodman did an okay job replacing Belushi, but there's really no replacing the original two. Right, and I mean this movie was made you know, and, and as you watch it and you, you know, as I go back and watch it now as an adult with everything that's going on now um, I, I, I it, it plays on race a lot um, and they do, obviously, because it's, you know, the 70s, 80s, it's Blue Brothers they, they make fun of it a lot but the, I think they tackled it, you know, for for a goofy comedy movie, better than a lot of these serious movies now. Cover it using 
their actual voices. I mean, they had the actual people there, you know, Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles, and, you know, they're the ones. So um, I just, it, it's actually funny too, because, you know, in those facts, it said that the Catholic Church, Church recommends this movie as a good Catholic movie. Yeah, you Which know, you wouldn't you... expect if you watch it. Oh, yeah. You're looking at a lot of the jokes and a lot of the humor, and there's obviously a lot of swearing and all that stuff for this. You wouldn't expect that. But they embrace it. Well, you so, know, they're just I, two I, guys on a mission from God. That's all. That's that's right. I mean, but anything else you guys would like to add to the the greatness that is the Blues Brothers? Alrighty then. The bar will now be closed. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, at Movie Bar Pod on YouTube, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to check out our website, www.moviebarpod.com. And thank you for listening, and please let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on social media or via email at themoviebar at outlook.com. Thank you for listening. Review and subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.